Welcome to episode 502 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode, what is it, 502 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm fantastic, Bevan, and you? I've, I've learned an important thing about you today, mate. You should already know this. Don't ask John if you're busy, because he got angry at me. I was being kind. He come in, I give him some love, okay? yeah. hey, you been busy? And he goes off at me. Yeah. You, he, he hates the word busy. I think you're a bit irrational on this one, to be I honest. I don't, because it's cool. Everyone thinks it's cool to be busy. How you doing? I'm busy. People, they people. do. It's a badge of honour. It's like if you're not busy, like oh, you're not busy. Oh. Like, I hate it. Anybody, <laughs> listen to me. Yeah, you get me fired up again. I hate it. Stop being busy and just relax a little bit. <laughs> so, so if you ever meet Newsom, you're unorganised if you're busy. It's fine. Have a lot on stuff. True. No, I've <laughs> just. You, Sometimes you have more than you can get put in your time. Yeah, but that's it's a common it's response. Really it's organized. a common response. Ah, busy. That's a great start to the show. God, I hate it. <laughs> God, I'm going to go mental soon. Oh, so you have you even been busy then? No, I have not. <laughs> a nice relaxing weekend. <laughs> I talk is proudly brought to you by Athlinks.com. Oh, I'm just going to move away a little bit. Yeah. Social networking for endurance athletes. You're lucky that interview's coming later. <laughs> uh, extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. Um, you guys rock. Uh, Chris Apple, the combustor. Brett. Wah! Chan. That's, that's a good one. Uh-huh. Ian, the powerhouse Robinson. Robert, uh, yeah, Robert Robertson. Uh, Douglas Speed Merchant Patton Jones. I stuffed myself up here. How does that one? Victor Viorbiev, Machina. Machina. It's a good one, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it's, I think it's the Russian name for tank. Is it? Mm. Nice. Well, if you want to listen to a really funny story, go on YouTube and look up Bert Kreischer and hear his Machina story. It's, it's a very funny thing. Um, this week's show, we've got some news. Uh, we've got an age group of the week. Stats testic. We've got an interview. Craig Percival, second time on the show. He was second to Ultraman, maybe last year or the year before, maybe it was the year before, and we had him on the show talking about that, and he is doing eight Ironmans in eight days in the eight states of Australia, which is going to be pretty epic, because one of the questions I'm going to ask him is, that 50-50-50 thing that um, Iron Cowboy did in the states was was epic, it was just (coughs) off the charts, it was mental. Yeah. The problem is now, he kind of, for Craig, is... That's the comparison, isn't it? It is. And eight for eight is still mad. But what's, I think probably, I'm going to be intrigued to his answer on this, uh, the biggest challenge he'll probably have is the travel. So the Iron Cowboy had to go state to state, but states are next to each other. And granted, I know he still had a ridiculous amount of travel. (laughs) uh, But in Australia, in Australia, mate, state to state is is a long way. Do you think Iron Cowboy was busy at that time? (laughs) He had a little bit on his plate. All he had Uh, to do was train all day. Uh, questions and answers, and we've got some patrons at the end. Okay, John, but the biggest news of all but was the cricket last night, let's be honest. Yes. So let's tell the world about the cricket. A week's a long time in cricket. This time last week, we were... Uh, no, we won the first game, didn't we? Yeah, but I don't think it was before last Tuesday. Yeah, it was no, three games, was it, in a week? Yeah. Yes. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe it was Monday. It's not that important. Yeah. All that matters is Australia, who are the current world champions. Yes. The world champs 
last year. They gave the old big brother, pull the pants down, spank your bottom New Zealand, you're not good enough, just go back to your room and yeah. don't even bother playing and with us. In the final, it was heartbreaking because in the final, we played so well all tournament and they just gave us a spanking. Yes. They came over on our turf. On our turf, mate. Come, come play in our backyard. Game one. Wasn't just it was embarrassing. We them back. <laughs> that was humiliating. It was. That was the second game. They beat us. In the third square. game, John. Great umpiring. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's how it rolled out in a triathlon analogy. Okay. We got we got out of the blocks in the swim. We just drilled the swim. Yep. Got off to a flying start. Anyway, I love this triathlon analogy. And then the bike settled down, steady. Just had a few ups and downs. Got onto the run. We had a traditional Ironman ready, didn't we? Yeah. We, we got on the run. Up the last part of the run. Yeah, about halfway through the run, maybe a third of the way into the run, completely fell apart. Yeah. Lucky to fit. Actually, we didn't even really finish. finish. No, we didn't even finish the race. It was a DNF in some ways. Yeah, we but we not. had, you still, it was a race where you still get recognised even if you're DNF. Yes, exactly. Australia started off just steady Eddie, nice even yeah. swim. Yeah. Building a bit on the bike. Yeah. Think they're the bee's knees. Oh, maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't take enough nutrition on the bike. I think that was your problem. Didn't need enough peanuts. Yep, yep. Maybe had too much carbs. Yep, too many carbs. And then they got half hour through the run. Well, they have got probably only early on the run, five k, ten k in. I think what happened was there was a drafting penalty. Right. They think that the, 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 the yeah. official didn't see the drafting penalty. Yes. <laughs> But the official did see when the other cyclists complained around them. Exactly. <laughs> nice. I like it. Aussies and Kiwis were the only ones that get that. Mm. And then they just completely fell to pieces and we spanked them. Yes. That's very good. So oh, anyway, our international listeners love the cricket updates. Because when I was writing the show notes last night, I had bugger all news this week and most of it's not good news because I was watching the cricket and we have got some other sad news. But then all of a sudden... We've got some good stuff. And it was cool because just I know you guys want us to move on from the cricket, but our captain, who's been a revelation for New Zealand cricket, it was his last game. And it kind of looked like it was last going to be a disappointment. Game, yeah. yeah, well, as one-day captain. And uh, it looked like it was going to be a disappointing end to his career as a one-day player. And then it was good sport, John. Super sport. Bowl? Who cares about the Super Bowl? That was on yesterday. Oh, that's right. <coughs> who won? I don't even know who was playing. It was a, it was, no, I don't, I don't actually know. Was it? It was Dem- Denver, Denver Broncos. Broncos yeah. And Panthers. Yeah. And apparently the Panthers' defence was just too strong, John. I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, the Broncos' defence was just too strong. And just so we keep it all global, Leicester City is still on top of the table of the EPL. Now, what's the chance of them winning it? <laughs> Don't how, many, how much longer is there in the league? Oh, Bevan, don't ask me that. Okay, it's it's not that much to go. Because I would love it if they won. That's the oh, best year of the year, isn't it? Brilliant. Okay, brilliant. wait a second. Uh, well, what's, what's it called? Premier League? EPL. 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 Manchester United supporters. Table. Okay, here we go. Uh, anyway, triathlon news. Okay, you, you do that. I'm going to find Geelong, out. Geelong, 70.3 was at the weekend. The five points ahead, John. Mm. Geelong, 70.3 at the weekend. It was the... It was an interesting race. Obviously, we don't often talk about 70.3s, but uh, a couple of interesting things came out of this. Jake Montgomery, who I've never heard of before, an Australian, smoked it by a couple of minutes, beating Silvino and Josh, Josh Amberger. Callum Millwood was in fourth. Pierre Bittner, fifth. But um, a couple of things to note from this was Crowey DNF'd and Pete Jacobs was out there racing again. Only managed 11th place, so he's just not coming back into it. Swimming well, lost about sort of uh, lost about five minutes, six minutes on the bike to the, the big kahunas and then only ran a 126 for a 404. So got beaten by the first age grouper. So, yeah, 
but Jacob's still not back in the game. Levi Maxwell, who was one we've had on the show before, is an age group winner in Kona. He finished in seventh place, and it really goes to show that if you can't swim with the big boys, especially over 70.3, it's game over Rover because he biked pretty well. You know, he rode the same uh, as a number of the top guys, ran pretty competitively, but when you lose two or three minutes in the swim, it's game over. On the guy, and the, and the other reason why this note, this race was of interest is Mel Halshite, who I thought it was game over. Rover, we interviewed her before Kona yeah, last year with the broken rib, which yeah. sounded like it was never going to repair, and I thought it was it was all over. But she came back and spanked a very, well, didn't you know, speed a very good girls' field. Uh, so it'd be great to see if she can actually pull off a good Ironman because she is a sensational athlete. Well, I think also she was saying, just her quote post-race was, I wanted to quit that race so many times, but I'm glad I toughed it out. I have a training camp in Falls Creek, and I thought if I win here, the training will be so much better. So she beat Annabelle Luxford by six minutes, uh, who was another minute in front of Radka Vitakova, and both those girls are two of the top 70.3 girls in the world, so impressive. Good to get her kind of back in sharp form, eh? Mm-hmm. You know, that was an example of it. 12 more rounds gone. I mean, 12 more rounds in the Premier League. Oh, that's quite a lot. Yeah, so they haven't... They haven't quite got it yet. Um, okay, Jumbo. <coughs> uh, oh, Bevan, the other big piece of news of the week. What's that? Snorkel's gone. Oh, that's right. Rule changes, John. There's been some rule changes in Ironman age group racing, and snorkels are officially gone. Now, I know some listeners aren't going to be happy with that because there was a bit of a controversial on the sh- uh, topic on the show at the time. But more importantly, drafting zones have changed for age groupers. 10 to 12 metres. I don't really think it's going to make any difference. Good on them for doing it because then it aligns it better with uh, with ITU. But um, when you're biking along, if you're policing, 10, 10, yeah, 10 to 12 metres, it's much the same. I mean, yes, there'll be more of a draft 10 metres, but it's not really that significant. So good on them, though, because it is, yeah, as I said, consistent with ITU now. So you go to a race, 70.3 or Ironman, ITU, you go, right, draft distance is 12 metres, none of this... Yeah, bugger around. Although then, then you're going to go to some challenge races. Or I think that's just the pros where they have the twenty meters. So the twenty meters challenge. It's some challenge race. Remember they had the challenge uh, when they did uh, was it Dubai or Oman or whatever. No, Dubai. They had um, twenty, 20 meters. meters, and so it what, worked, man. Meters, how much time do they give you to pass? Because oh, they've, they've increased the time from twenty seconds to twenty five with this new zone mm. for you to pass. But I wonder what twenty meters is. Don't know, but it worked in that race they had in. Was it the one they had over and we, we watched Dubai? Yeah, what I think it was. That was uh, they, that bike just got shredded to pieces and it was a flat bike course. So good stuff. Um, snorkels are gone, which is fantastic. And then uh, they've just modified the three strikes and you're out rule. One blue card rule uh, violation, which is drafting or intentional littering, will count towards an athlete's three strikes and lead to disqualification. Yellow card rule violations, all other penalties, do not count towards an athlete's three strikes. Our intention here is to give heavier penalties for a rule violations that result in unfair advantage, or B tarnish our local venues. That said, the Ironman Championship rules are still an, allow an athlete to be disqualified for repeated rule violations should someone receive excessive yellow card violations. Well, they were also saying that they have the ability to make the wetsuits change a little bit. Oh, for, that's right. Yeah. For so if if you're in in um, if you're in non-wetsuit races. You can now have the sleeves uh, down to your elbows, and this was a, a case when we were at the Kona 70.3 a few years ago, and Craig Alexander finished second. I think he got spanked by 
Brent McMahon, but he swam in with some sleeves on. Like they were only down to his biceps, so I don't think they were always all the way down to his elbows. Mm. But with the advent of the you know so many speed suits these days, people are a lot of people are wanting to wear them. So and and you don't really you don't well, you don't get any advantage. That's probably think. anything. It's a disadvantage, isn't it? Yeah, it's and just a little bit of extra weight. It's, I guess the one advantage is, is in transition. transition yeah. um, you save a little bit of time now and don't have to pull it up. So good stuff. WTC for some common sense rule changes. Okay, a um, couple couple pieces of sad news this week. Uh, Jack Johnson was the, one of the creators of Triathlon. He died at the age of eighty. Yes, so he started the was the race director of the first ever Mission sort of Bay. modern day triathlon um, because there is a lot out there in terms yeah, of France. there being various different things all over the place. Uh, but the first sort of what is recognised as modern day triathlon, which was probably in, triggered off what we know today. Yeah, 1974, yeah. Mission Bay, California. He was oh, the race what director. Was the triathlon coming to give us his t-shirts? Out of try, remember Out of try? Mission yeah. Bay on our tops? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, just obviously. Shame we didn't get them on Legends of Triathlon because that's where it all began. Mm. But it wasn't in the traditional triathlon format. They did it in, was it reverse order they did it? Did they, yeah, I think I they, think they swam, them, biked, and ran, something like that. But it well, wasn't, that, a, wasn't a classic well, that's a, triathlon. That's, that's classic triathlon, what you just said there. Mm. You said swam, bike, ran. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, they didn't do that. Also, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, unfortunately, Dave Myra. Uh, Mira, I think it is. Mira, uh, former... BMX superstar, and then moved into triathlon a little bit later on. Unfortunately, he took his own life. Yes. I don't know. He, he was a big... I think if you were a BMX kid, you know, sort of our era, he was the business Well, I think, I think he was, because I, I tend to recall... Now, I'm not a big BMX kid, but when Tony Hawk became a big thing on video games, because I mm. wasn't a big video um, yeah. skater kid, but Tony Hawk. And I think Dave had his own video game. And he his, did, yeah. yeah. And uh, and it's really interesting if you go on things like Reddit and stuff like that, which are some of the big popular websites out there. His name was everywhere this week. Mm. So it was, it was a pretty big thing. Mm. Sad, 41. Yes, yeah, with kids and stuff. Mm, really sad, I man. do not get depression. I try to understand it, but man. No, I, well, I had a minor case I, when I was younger. And it was a horrible thing, but I was only minor. And, and it's really one of those things that, how can you describe it if you don't know it? Mm. Um, how good a triathlete was he? He was pretty reasonable, I think. I, mean, I didn't really follow his career very closely. I, I know a lot of people did, but he was a very strong age group. And I think he was ripping it up on the bike. Yep. And one thing that I did know is I think he got offered a Kona slot. Um, but from my understanding, and I might be a little bit wrong, he didn't take it up. He wanted to earn his slot. Oh, well. He did get a slot for 70.3 Worlds. I think he finished... Third or something at a seventy point three age group race. He was forty to forty four, I think. So he was he was pretty decent, I think. Yeah, sad, sad stuff. Um, okay, Jumbo, we've got some new races coming up. The Tiber two two six in Cuba, wow. distance race. It'd be pretty cool to go and race Take in me Cuba. To the April sun in Cuba. Yeah. No, it looked like a nice little race. They had a race there last year. It looked more sort of the ITU long distance, but this year it's got an iron distance race. So good stuff. Challenge Monica is coming up in two weeks. We'll go into that in more detail next week. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting. Yeah, boys good. race and yeah. girls race actually yeah it's good decent field isn't it mm. uh we've got the pioneer just finished it tell us about the pioneer john so this is more of a, a new zealand advertisement this, if, if you're looking for your next challenge you got a bit the triathlon bug has, isn't really grasping you really really strongly and you want something pretty epic to get your teeth around come on an epic camp first up but otherwise uh second second is the pioneer now this was a mountain biking race that actually started in christchurch it almost went 
no, not quite past Bevan's Place. It actually finished just up the hill day one up in Victoria Park. And then it basically... Did it go day two? Because it kind of travelled, didn't it? And they, they drove all the way to Geraldine, which is 150k from Christchurch. And then they basically rode through the southern Alps of uh, New Zealand and finished up in Queenstown, the Queenstown area. Bevan will put a link on the show to some of their video coverage from this event. It was funded quite heavily by our New Zealand government because... It is stunning. I mean, the the the, the oh. difficulty of this course is ridiculous. Like you're only mountain biking, you know, seventy to a hundred k's a day. I think the longest was maybe hundred and ten. But they were having like some days was two to three thousand meters of climbing in wow. that short a time. Uh, but that looks like they had. Uh, it was a week long event. They had seven days of amazing weather, and oh, the scenery that. is just breathtaking. And the challenge, you know, you see the guys pushing their bikes up hills and stuff. It just looked absolutely epic. It's one of those races where you have to, it's a team race, so you have to be a team of two. Uh, you do camp out all the way through. They had hundreds of these little orange tents everywhere. Uh, it's not, not a cheap race to enter. I think it was a couple of, you know, five grand New Zealand all up for, yeah. for your team, but that's sort of all inclusive. It looked pretty wicked. One thing New Zealand government's done, which is, is really cool, is they're doing basically a trail of New Zealand, isn't it? We um, you can Mountain ride bike tracks everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can pretty much ride. It's not complete yet, but you can very much ride the whole of New Zealand on a mountain bike. And they've got one which goes from what is it, Mount Cook to. Oh, they're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. the West Coast Wilderness Trail is up in Kaiteri where we go. Um, there's uh, there's loads everywhere. So it's such a great resource, and obviously oh. this race is trying to kind of champion that mm. um so if you want to check it out i'll put a video link on www.imtalk.me but if you are looking for a, a bit of an adventure something i'm just looking at right now john yeah. uh you know and a pretty amazing like south island of new zealand is just stunning so yeah. you, you'll love it i think that event might not have been quite so amazing the pioneer if that had a bit of rain stuff that would have been miserable yeah, it been interesting, wouldn't it? yeah. but i think they went all out in terms of, yes, you were staying in tents, but I think they had everything pretty sus, sus there. But I, I could think of nothing worse than finishing an epic day on the bike, sleeping in a tent, and being a bit grubby and dirty yeah. and stuff. There's one of the things that we, on epic camps now, we used to have to stay in some pretty ordinary places, but these days we stay at nice places. So when you finish the day yeah. and relax, you get a good night's sleep. It makes a world of difference, doesn't it? Okay, take up our Facebook. What, what are you talking about? Well, we haven't got any news, so I thought we'd just have a quick look at our Facebook oh, okay. page. Okay, the, uh, often. Uh, the guys who've got the race uh, in the state uh, I can't remember if it's in the States or where it is, but they've just plugged on our on our page. Our team sponsor and athlete, Andrea, filling her race goodies with our usual items again. Hashtag cock rings. Oh, remember yeah. the race that gives our <laughs> cock rings in their race facts. Nice work. <laughs> the other interesting thing that um, Clive Smith posted on our page was a link to an article in Triathlon Magazine in Canada with Zibby from the Challenge family really stating that they are still looking at having a Challenge World Championships with half distance in 2017 and the full distance in 2018. Oh wow, great. So, do you say great? Yeah. What's the appeal going to be to go and do that? If you're an age grouper, if they have a pro race and go, right, putting up a million bucks then I say, well, if they get the pros here, because one of the appeals of Kona is, oh, the things you hear about Kona is the icon of the race, the, all the kind of uh, nostalgia and kind of traditional things that happen every year at the race. Mm. But the other thing is, if they can get a good pro field, people do like well, They do the like it, but is that enough to go, I'm the challenge world champion? So let's say, let's say I say to somebody in Christchurch, right, here you go, I can give you a ticket to go and do um, Ironman Frankfurt or go and do challenge 
Challenge, I don't World know, ch- Challenge World Championships, which is in uh, the middle of France somewhere. Well, what if they say Roots World Championships? Well, they've stated that it's not going to be. Oh, did they say that? Yeah. Um, I just think it's an interesting one. I'll be, because the ITU Worlds does not pull it off for long distance. So I'll be really interested to see how they tackle this. But the ITU this. aren't known as long distance as well. Like, no. How many ITU long distance races are there? Not many. No. Whereas Challenge is a, a long distance series. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to be Kona, mm. but can they build it towards something that actually has prestige? Yeah, it's going to be a real battle. I think it's a good thing. Uh, yeah. I, I want to see it. Good. If you know what I mean. So, uh, okay. Uh, just a couple- bit of I'm, oh, you never Facebook news? No, just, uh, oh, there was a couple, couple other things. Um, no. <laughs> we, we, we paused. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, on, on the, there's an article on TRS Triathlon. Um, Ben Greenfield, God, he gets a lot of downloads. He, they yeah, but to, he isn't, isn't triathlon. So the TRS under that, they they included him in their in their ratings. So they did a, a little article, and we submitted our stats and stuff in there, in terms of the top triathlon podcasts out there. And we actually take the cake on the total downloads in the in the year. Uh, there was us, then TRS, then DC Rainmaker does one. But in terms of, I think you know, I wouldn't say DC Rainmaker's triathlon either. No, because like he's a bloody legend. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Absolutely. But he's not a triathlon podcast. He's a he's a gadget tri- podcast. Yeah, he? yeah. You know, and he probably mentions triathlon, but it's mm. you know. But Ben Greenfield, um, like him or loathe him, he gets a lot of downloads. <laughs> and he's just an interesting character. He's just so out there. It's uh, and I can't say I've listened to a show. No, I haven't. So, so I can't judge. I, I actually don't listen to other triathlon podcasts because I always just think we'll, we'll do our thing, and um, so I'm not that good at judging other shows. But um, yeah, there you go. That's about all our news on the Facebook page. Ben yeah. Greenfield. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's kind of qualifier and stuff. No, he's good. Yeah, and he, uh, he's a good tennis player, I think. He, that's, what he, that's the kind of gimmicky things he did. He did tennis training for an Ironman once. Yeah. That's the sort of stuff. And some of his nutrition stuff is uh, out there. He's a smart, smart dude, but mm. not everybody's cup of tea. No. Okay. Um, what are we doing here, Jumbo? We're going... Okay, our news. So we've got a uh, new year coming, new gear coming up. Yeah, we have got some new gear coming out. So if you're looking, especially you guys in Northern Hemisphere, thinking oh, I need some new gear for the impending summer, uh, it's, I can't give you an exact date, but we're going to have a whole range of new gear. It's going to be new designs. Uh, we'll have bike tops, bike jerseys, tri suits, caps, socks. We're going to have the full shamozzle. Mate, if I'm going out on Saturday night, I know what I'm wearing. Exactly. Uh, we've also got our 10-year anniversary weekend. Yes, so if you haven't um, signed up for that and you're coming, get onto our website on imtalk.me and make sure you're on there and we'll keep you updated. And if you go to our Facebook page, we've got a blue 70 wetsuit for sale as a part of Legends of Triathlon right now. So we had Legends of Triathlon last night, well, last week, and it was... Miles Stewart. And he is out, and there's one bid on the wetsuit right now. It's currently going for 400 US right now, which is probably still pretty cheap. Way cheaper than way what you cheap for, team. Yeah. Why? Why? Huge. Yeah. Huge. It's by Donald Trump. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Don't, don't we start on Donald Trump? <laughs> he apparently is really busy. <laughs> uh, okay, guys. Uh, sponsor. Stream endurance. If you're, uh, <clears> if you're looking for a alternate source of fueling yourself when you're out there, they've got Fuel Five, cutting edge energy carbohydrate formula made up of five different forms of fuel, four different types of carbohydrate plus lactate. So if you've been struggling with nutrition and just looking for some different uh, ideas, give it a crack. Um, I've got the five forms of fuel, as I said, four carbohydrates, the organic sweet potato used in their proprietary blend. And yeah, I've used this successfully. I've been trying to really cut down the amount I eat in 
just everyday life but also when I'm out on the ride and I've been finding this pretty useful go out for pretty decent length rides uh, not really taking any nutrition in then just pump in a bit of fuel 5 and that sort of gets me through the ride so I'm finding it nice and useful check it out on xendurance.com and as we always hear all these stories about athletes cheating all around the world and either putting motors in their bikes or doping themselves one of the key things with x-endurance is they get all their products tested and certified as being banned free substances so you can take it and make and be rest assured that you're not cheating the system have you have you ever heard of the 30 for 30s the espn's 30 for 30s i have but i've never located them online oh man well, they are great. Mm. You, you say you want to, if you want to watch... Um, like I want to watch something when I'm on the trainer. Oh, you, you would love them. Often mm. they're on YouTube. You can often get yeah. them on YouTube. Okay. But one of them I've been watching recently, because it's on the American Netflix. So if you've got Netflix and you can skim the old American one, which mm-hmm. although they're saying they're stopping things, well, I seem to be able to still get it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and if you, are, if you are someone who's got Netflix and you want the international one, I use a, a program called Tunnel Bear, and it works really well. But anyway, um, so there's one called Nine Point. Eight five or whatever it is, and it's mm. on the Olympics that Ben Johnson got done for drugs. Right, brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant because it, it's 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 really good at pointing the fingers at the other guys as well because it kind of uh, yeah you know but talk, yeah, but it's interesting they all deny the shit out of it yeah and uh, but it's it's a great doco yeah the, the thirty for thirties they're mind blowing they do one on why American sports stars lose all their money yeah and it's ah oh, there's so many good but they do one on um it's it's, it's a little bit American centric but. They've even got some great ones on like Liverpool and, but mm-hmm. seriously, because what they do with the 30 for 30s is they get the best documentary makers and say mm. you can do any subject on sport mm. and then they go away and do a documentary. So, cool. and it's, oh, the, the, but the one on the, the 88 Olympics is phenomenal. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But, you know, talking about how one, one thing that, because they're all on growth hormone yeah. and uh, human growth hormone and how the, they all have braces. Big, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And the big jaws. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fascinating stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So check it out. Whereas if you want to be drug free, go to xendurance.com. Xendurance, <laughs> you don't need braces. Yeah. That's, that's that should be the new tagline. Okay, guys, this week's discussion was who are the best pros on social media and why are they good? Oh, uh, we've got a clear winner here. Callum Millwood takes the cake. Huh. It's just... The cupcake. <laughs> didn't, even, didn't even think of that. Uh, he just smoked everybody. I mean, we didn't get a lot of responses Do you here. know what I think? Facebook doesn't help us nowadays. Yeah. Because well, Facebook nowadays, they're, they're dogs, Facebook. <laughs> they really Tell are. us why things Because they get... want you to pay for attention. Yes. So every post we put up there now, they say boost. Yeah. And then if you don't boost it, like only the so that post, back in the old days, our post was these thousands of people. Mm. Only 170 people saw our post. Mm. So it's, you know, so if you want to, if you're often in the past, if you liked I am talk, that would have come in your use feed. Nowadays they don't because we don't pay. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we why. used to get like 50, 60 replies. Well, now we're getting like 10, but it's basically because Facebook, we're not paying for the boost. Mm. So, so do getting... come along to our Facebook page each each Tuesday, New Zealand time, and check it out. But Bell Fong says Callum Millwood uh, doesn't take him too ser- self too seriously and always makes people laugh. Definitely has wide appeal, especially after the release of Cupcakes with Cow. Um, for the girls, I love Siri Lindley, always inspiring, and Liz Blatchford, just a humble human being. Amazing posts, amazing photos, not just about triathlon, and always interactive with people on social media too. Lucy Francis has got Jodie Swallow on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or even Twitter. Not afraid to share her op- opinions. Brie Wee on Facebook and Instagram posts the most beautiful shops from Kona and her thoughts on life guaranteed to brighten up your day. Hilary Biscay for amazing training shots and her training camps. I don't know what Hilary's up to nowadays. 
Oh, she's got. She's still um, racing. We don't see much of her. No, she's mainly got a um, clothing brand. Mm. Was it Smash? Smash. Yeah, is she still doing it? Is she? Oh yeah, yeah. It's very popular. Oh, is it? Oh, great. Ma- Matthew Bins um, says, "I find most of the pros only post enough to advertise their sponsors or, or a training camp." Couldn't agree more. I'm probably a bit guilty of that too. Uh, <laughs> those who call it like they see it, like Callum, Callum are entertaining. Levi Maxwell is all right as well. Interesting read on his recent posts as he leads into Geelong 70.3 this weekend. His first, uh, then for his first full test as a pro after leaving the age group ranks. Reminds me a lot of what Gordo used to write about that progression. Gordo was the first social person really, or internet person really, wasn't he? Of, of a massive way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, he was he was big, yep. Because yeah, because, because it was he, before Facebook and stuff. Because he had that story of coming from being, uh, whereas you know, Levo Maxwell, I'm, I'm not sure how crap he was, but Gordo was really crap when he started, and he sort of just took people on the journey. And uh, yeah, I was that for a run yesterday? I did 28 k's. Nice. I saw old the grinder. I saw the grinder when I was finished. I was out testing my bike as well. Ah, and I saw Ian Wood up in the hills. Yes. And I, I think Ian Wood snobbed me. Yeah. Although I think I snobbed the grinder. Yeah. Because I run past, you know, the mobile station when you're going down towards Rapeki? Yeah. We run past and I, I kind of, I had my music on. And it's, well, it's kind of just warm me up, to be honest. But, and I turn and I see her and, and she probably saw me because I kind of t- saw as I'm past, mm-hmm. turn and waved. And then I'm up the hill and I'm coming down the hill and then Ian Wood passed me, I wave. Didn't even I had to do a pretty aggressive wave at the grinder yesterday to get, to get any response. Yeah. 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 Well, she's, she's, yeah, gets a lot of attention. <laughs> Callum Millwood, dry sense of humour and doesn't just bust out the standard sponsored lines. His race updates are hilarious, uh, though some of his humour likely goes over the head of many Americans, I'm sure. Sorry. I agree. It is pretty funny. Uh, Mike Threadgold says, a Joycenator is one of the few pros I still follow on Twitter. She's genuine and doesn't throw too much canned sponsored promos in your face. Good old Kylie Royal has got Michelle Vestabry, always positive and loving life. She's my Instagram choice. I have to say, Michelle Vestabry is just a lovely person, eh? She's got a lot of energy. Yeah, she's got a lot, and, and just kind of one a person who kind of exudes kind of positive energy. Uh, Melissa Uri, Andrew Starkowitz tells it like it is. Sebastian Keenlay when he posts. And we've got Callum Millwood again from uh, Arnold. And Peter Colson, another vote for Callum Millwood. So Callum Millwood sounds like he is the one to follow. There you go. I haven't seen the cupcakes with Cal for a long time. Is he still doing it? Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, my my wife enjoys watching cupcakes with Cal and stuff as well, and she finds his post pretty funny. I saw your wife and uh, Jen out walking last week. Right. Yeah, well, You'll see them again today. No, I'm not running today. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, this week's discussion. Come on, Facebook, help us out here. What are the most important things race directors get right? Or two, need, two, to get right. need to get right. Okay, now, that comes from an email that's Stuart Menry. Yes, he said, from listening to the podcast for a while now, I've noticed that you are fairly balanced in praising large race organisers. I praised Ironman today. Praise High five Ironman, Ironman for, for those rule changes, such as Ironman, when credit is due, while not being afraid to be equally critical of them when they really need to sharpen up. Yes. Snorkels. My and many others are frustrated with, frustration is with August 26th, 
August 2016, Ironman 70.3 Dublin organisers. 2015 was huge success with over 2,500 people selling the event out in less than five hours. Great for a first outing of the event. Great, uh, then great feedback after the event also created a lot of buzz about this year's race. Here comes the problem. News went out, entries were opening in December. However, November 26, the entries were still were being postponed. Um, but and then blah, 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 this just rolled on and there was no sort of news coming out from them. And he's really just saying, come on, W. UTC folks and uh, and get your, your crap sorted and it's more of a communication thing I think people understand if there's problems in terms of getting permits or, or whatever or they're going to have to do course changes or the roads are going to be dug up but it's all about communication so they need to sharpen up it's Dublin 70.3 okay so that's where it sort of came out what, what do you want from race organisers oh, Bevan you keep asking me questions I've got absolutely no idea <laughs> <laughs> I think they are maybe I'm just on their Facebook page Maybe. Okay. Uh, okay. So Let me hear the music, Bevan. Going back to the question, what's the most important things race directors need to get right? So if we're going to say <clears throat> priority number one, two, three. Remember bullet points. Bullet points only. Mm. You can't talk bullet points on Facebook. What's well, a dash? You can, yeah, you can do a dash. dash. We want yep. dashes. Dash yep. points. That's what we'll call them. Okay, let's put some music on. Age group of the week. week. Okay, guys, this week we've got an email through from Susan. Susan, not quite sure of her last name. I'd like to nominate Jennifer Harrison, West Dundee, Illinois. Illinois, okay. For Age Group of the Week. You can check out her on Athlinks or on her blog at jenharrison.com. Jennifer has been my coach for the last three years. When I started with her, I was coming off a femoral neck fracture, but hoping to train for my first half Ironman. She got me ready from crutches to race in six months by training smart. I'm in the middle of a packer, in the middle to back of the packer, just trying to get myself to test myself for my limits. Jennifer, on the other hand, has an exciting lifelong athlete who inspires those around her as a coach and human being. It was a great motivation for us to cheer her at another Kona finish in 2014 and her great performance at the ITU World in this summer. Jennifer is in her mid-40s but can still take out the younger ones at some of the local and regional races. Always a hoot. I think she deserves to be the age grouper of the week. So, John Bo, let's look at her athletes. It's... um. I do love it when older athletes spank some of the younger up-and-coming athletes. Like you did a few weeks ago, eh? Yeah, but he was he's quite... Yeah, he was only... Hey. Younger. I'll take it. <laughs> Younger. Okay. It's funny, when I, from my position, we see these kids coming through our junior programs. Some of them start at, you know, 9, 10 and stuff like that, and now they're 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. You go, you've been around for a while now, but... It's funny watching them kind of go through puberty, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because you, 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 literally you're seeing them as kids, aren't you? And yeah. then... And it's funny just watching their personalities change. Mm-hmm. You know, when the kids have got lots of energy and then they go through kind of awkward periods of yep. teenager and then they become an adult and they're and, kind of fun again and they don't fit their bikes properly yeah. they're growing so quick and they just yeah, look very uncoordinated but Jennifer on the other hand fantastic keeps everything updated on athlinks.com went to the worlds uh, said went to the worlds in 2014 2013 she finished 17th in her age group 1045 it's not too shabby yeah um, so one co- Jennifer's also a coach best as well. Olympic distance triathlete 211 mm. Pretty sharp. I went to 
um, jenharrison.com, one of the cool things that she does, I mean, obviously she's inspiring a lot of people by you know, racing and kicking some ass herself, um, even though she's not the spring chicken anymore. One other thing she does, which I quite like the look of, was uh, she does this thing, Pay It Forward. And so her Pay It Forward 2016 contest. And basically you can submit your details to her in terms of uh, for getting coaching. And she coaches, it looks like, one person per year, completely free of charge. Um, it's her way of sort of giving giving a little bit back. I think yeah, it's a cool, really little, cool. cool little marketing yeah. thing as well. But I think it's a really good um, got cool, twins. cool thing to do. And she wears ki- Kiwami, which is... Done by a Kiwi. It's a French New Zealand company by a guy called Craig Watson, who used to be in a, uh, an Olympian. Finished, also had a bronze medal at the World ITU Champs, and he's got a French wife. He lives in France in Pole, and Kiwami friend Ami is French for friend, and oh, okay. Kiwi so Kiwami, and they do some great triathlon gear. Well, she seems like she's one of those really cool people in our community who not only is a bit of a rock star athlete herself, but also just kind of helps those around her love our sport. So, Jennifer Harrison, you are our age, age group of the week. week. I love your work. And I'll put her website, jenharrison.com, on www.iamtalk.me. Just to give us some love on that front. John, three, two, one. Statstastic. It's fantastic. Okay, tell me about it. Well, this week's stat is it's not really stats, a stat as such. It's an article by John Levison. He's sent it through from try247.com. It's kind of a series of stats, but it was really inspired when Jody Swallow um, joined, a, well, basically won South Africa 70.3 for the gazillionth time. And good old John thought, I wonder how many other athletes have won um, some proper big international races on many occasions. And so this is a great article. It's, it's, it's a series of stats. So she's won it six times from 2011 through to 2016. But uh, Cam Brown takes the cake with 11 victories at Ironman New Zealand. They weren't quite all in consecutive years. He, he did it straight from 2001. Five years in a row. Oh, yeah, he did that. That's a, that 2006 was when it got blown off. So it wasn't actually so full race. Put an asterisk next to that, and he went 2001 through to 2011 wow. straight victories. And then because actually 2001, I mean 2006 six. wasn't actually an Ironman. No, no, it was only a half. Was and a they half. had that funny handicap start, didn't they? Yeah, it was 70.3. It was a half. Yeah, start, and he he was second. Ain Ala Johansson yeah, took it out, took it out yeah. and he kind of got himself into a position where because Brownie had I can't remember started behind or in front, they kind of just had to run next to each other. He must have started whatever, uh, and it was just a bit of a mm, it was a bit of a letdown, wasn't it? Mm. That was a bit of a disaster that year, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. So Brownie takes cake. You also got Mark Allen. He won uh, Nice ten times. Michaele Jones won, which Sand- is pretty impressive because Nice was like the second world champion at the it time, was. wasn't it? You know, yeah. because Kona and Nice were the, the mm. A game. Michaele Jones <laughs> won San Diego International. That used to be a big race. She won that ten times. Wow, that's pretty impressive. But the, but the, the big ones are when you win Kona. Like Paul Newby Fraser won eight Konas. That's ridiculous. And it is ridiculous. And you look down, it? Natasha Badman. She won six. <clears throat> Dave Scott won six. Mark Allen won six. Impressive. Vanessa Fernandez won the ITU Madrid World Cup six times. Mm. Anybody who knows how to get in contact with her, I'd love to have her on the Legends show. Who? I think her English is pretty good. Vanessa Fernandez, but she kind of um, moved out of triathlon. Um, 
I think she's doing a bit of running. She ran a really fast marathon somewhere the other day. But she was an amazing ITU athlete, but then just got, I think, got overtrained and sick and oh, really? dropped off the radar. But I'd love to have her on the Legends show. So, yeah. Marino this- won Austria seven times. We've mm-hmm. got Eric Chomo won um, Powerman, Zoffigan. And back when it was still, had, you know, 2004 was still a big race, wasn't it? Oh, I think well, it was, uh, yeah, it's it's a very tough race. It's had a number of world championships there, um, and it, yeah, it, the, the the course itself is very very difficult. It still has good prize money, but it used to have amazing prize money. Michaela, you don't get the credit she deserves because you look at this. She won bloody San Diego ten times, and that was one of the big races. Chicago was a massive race back in the day, wasn't it? Mm. You know, Chicago was one of the big races, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it definitely was. No, I don't think she does get enough credit because she only won Kona once in our world, but um, and she got screwed at the olympics didn't she she got screwed at the olympics but she had i don't know how many world titles she had she won in she won in manchester when she had a sprint finish against uh karen smyers and she won where did she win she's got at least two at least two and, and she was she was she was a bit like simon lessing she didn't race the itu circuit that much oh, didn't <clears throat> so she'd come along and she'd just spank it at worlds and then you wouldn't see her at itu races she'd be off doing making money san diego yep. and, and all those other ones uh in america so you didn't necessarily see her on the itu ones and if she'd done that maybe she would have a, a bigger name but yeah but she won a kona she had a second in a kona as well but yeah no she she didn't like us she didn't like you no she didn't like me at all did she no now we interviewed her, and, and, and it's not often people don't like me, John. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't an interview as such. It was more of a shove a mic in front of your face and have a quick chat. We didn't prearrange it or anything like that. Yeah, she wasn't that keen on me. No. No. Maybe we should get her on Legends. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'll apologise. Yeah, good. I'll say, look, let's be friends. Yeah. It was sad with her because in some ways her ending of the sport seemed a bit bitter because I remember at the time when she kind of retired, it was, the complaint was, well, no one's really backing me now. And I wasn't getting sponsorship. You know, there was mm. kind of an arc on that. And it was kind of a little bit of a a sad note to end on because she, far out this woman was a legend in the mm. sport. And really does get screwed by a cheat in the, in the Olympics, didn't she? Mm, absolutely. Tell that story because people may not know it. Uh, so Kate, no, hold on. I've got to make sure I get the right names right. Um, it was Sydney Olympics and she got beaten by, see, I don't even want to remember her name. Okay, I'll get it. Uh, it's a Swiss girl, Bridget McMahon who was later busted for drugs. Claimed she wasn't on drugs at the time of the Olympics, but she really seriously came from no came from nowhere to win that race. So McKaylee Jones she did finish I'm sure she finished second. It's a good question. Who finished third at that race? Okay. Is your quiz for the week? I don't know the answer off the top of my head. Who finished third? At the, Olymp- at the 2000 Olympics. I oh. seem to remember Sheila Tormina finished fourth. Who finished third? Okay, here we go. Magli Mesmer. You're going to say Magli Mesmer? It was Magli Mesmer. It was another Swiss girl. Okay, this, this is not so good. No, no. Oh, come on, come on, Google. I'll give you a couple of other stats. Well, Bevan looks for that. A couple of other stats of uh, okay. John Levison's um, fantastic article. You had Ronnie Shieldnix won Ironman Switzerland eight times. Michaeli Jones escaped from Alcatraz eight times. Olivia Bernard Zoffingen eight times. Um, Michaeli Jones is listed on here quite a few times. So Chicago, that's yeah. the race she was doing. Chicago, St. Anthony's, both seven times. Um, okay, what were the first three boys? First three boys, you had Whitfield, and then you had um, <clears throat> Jan Rahula, I think, was second. And no. Then, well, he was third then. Yes. And then you had uh, Stefan Vukovic. Yes. In, in second. 
girls. See, I've forgotten her name already. Bridget uh, McMahon. Yes. Michaela Jones. It wasn't Ma- was it Magaly Mesmer or it was um it was a Swiss girl. I've got a, I can picture her, I just can't quite remember her name. No, no, you've done it. All right. Magaly Magaly Mesmer. Yeah. Yeah. She took it out. Third place. Over Joanna Zyger. Oh, it's Joanna Zyger. It wasn't Sheila Tormina. Mm. Mm. So there you go. It does blow my mind away if you're a member of that crap. Well, it's in that era when there wasn't heaps of racing on. So I've got a really good memory of all the ITU years from 1990 through to probably about 2000. After that, it starts to fade. And after that, it... Um, Your life changed as well. Life changes, but also there's just so many more races, and then it became series and things like that. Anyway, anyway, here we go. That's a good little stats. Good work, John Lewis. The new rock. Okay, Jumbo. Uh, we have we're an interview. Inter- interview with Craig Levison. Not Craig Levison. <laughs> Craig Percival. <laughs> it's uh, it's John's cousin. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. Righty ho. Um, on this week's show, we've got Craig Percival, who we've had on the show before, as you've heard, um, when he finished second over an Ultraman over in Hawaii, uh, and also has been involved with the Noosa Ultraman. He's got himself a new challenge to take on, doing eight iron distance sessions in eight different state, the eight different states of Australia, or eight different territories of Australia, which sounds like a pretty epic challenge, so we figured we'd get him on and uh, talk about why the hell he's doing this and what it's all about and logistics and stuff, so welcome back to the show, Craig. Boys, thanks so much for having me again. What, what, year, what year was the uh, was Ultraman? I was confused during the show, it wasn't last year, I think it was probably the year before, was it? Yes, in November 2014 was the race, and then... Yeah, I think we chatted just before Christmas, so yeah, that would have been yeah fourteen months ago, something like that. And what have you been doing since then, in terms of uh, obviously you've been preparing for this, but um, athletically, anything else been on the radar after you know what was probably a fairly big high? Uh, definitely haven't done anything else athletically. It's um, it's been probably the last six months. This has been full bore in terms of you know getting everything organised. But I did think about it uh, basically on the way home, really, on the plane, actually, from, from Ultraman. I was, just felt like I wanted you know, something. Ultraman was great. Came, you know, came second by five minutes and obviously would have loved to have won. But I felt like I potentially, if this if this is going to be the end, you know, I'm 44 now, so I've been, in, been doing did my first Ironman back in 97 and first triathlon back in the early 90s. So I've had an amazing run and um i don't know i just felt a little bit of a call to do something else other than a race so that's that's how it came about was um exactly that so what what is the sort of motivation i mean you, you sort of just alluded to it there a bit but you know sometimes people do these things for the challenge of it or you know some people do it for you know it's it's fantastic promotion for their coaching business or whatever um you know what are the what are the key things that have actually made you decide that this is something you want to do? Uh, to me, I think there's there's three really key things. Um, probably, number one, I, I don't know if they're, they're in any order, but um, certainly number one is, is I, I, more for my kids, I want to be the first person to do something. And I, I say that to them now that, you know, I'm going to be the first person to do this in Australia. Um, Obviously, the Iron Cowboy has 
kind of said paved the way with his amazing effort last year and um, I'm glad we don't have 50 states because organ- organizing eight is um, is, uh, is, in- is tough as it is let alone 50 I, I find it hard to get my head around that one so um, so that's certainly you know problem number one reason just to be the first person to ever do something that um, I know my kids will be proud of that later on um, second is is raise straight out I, I want to I've always wanted to do something for a charity or um, to help someone else hopefully and and part of the inspiration for me becoming a, a triathlete was 1995 sitting on the couch pretty sure I was hung over from footy finals or something like that and watching John McLean who's a wheelchair athlete mm-hmm. um, become the first wheelchair athlete to do Hawaii and he, you know just there's a, one particular piece of footage where he pulls himself up a hill backwards you know it was the old course John where you, you went down towards the pit and stuff and you know there was that a couple of steep hills there and I don't know it was just a classic you know if he can do it I can do it moment and mm-hmm. that was 95 and yeah so John you know raising money uh, John has a foundation called uh, the John McLean uh, Foundation and that raises money for kids in wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the thought of raising some cash for them and helping those kids out um, means a lot to me. And, um, and then, yeah, look, yeah, so, and you've already just mentioned there, um, you know, definitely there's a, there's a spin-off in terms of my coaching business um, that hopefully I'll pick up a few athletes from it, but, yeah, that would be a very distant third, so... So, there it is. So, so in terms of logistics, you know, we, we talked to Iron Cowboy and you, you mentioned him as well. Um, going across 50 states, you know, really challenging because, you, you know, you're on, probably on the move every night. But the distances, I would imagine, are a totally different ballpark for you. So logistically, um, how the hell are you going to do this? You know, you're starting on Sunday the 6th of March in Darwin and the Northern Territories, and then you're sort of moving your, moving your way around the country. So how is there going to be enough hours in the day to complete this and do the travelling as well? Yeah, so uh, a shout-out to... Um, the Iron Cowboy himself, James Lawrence. He he was actually good enough to contact me um, via Facebook. He sent me a, li- a message and said hello, and if I had any questions or anything to to give him a shout, which I've done. I've um, sought his advice on a couple of bits and pieces. So credit to the guy for for reaching out. I'm sure he's incredibly busy after uh, you know his fifty. So look, certainly the first couple of days. Much so, you know, I watched his event really closely in terms of you know how he did it and um and we've ended up kind of going with a similar format which was you know get all do all the biggest states first so darwin i think it's a four hour four hour flight or something to perth and then it's and then we do perth and then we go to adelaide where it's you know, three and a half hours flight from there so they're the bigger travel days um so how do we get it done look I, i'm lucky in that the support i've had in a lot of the states has allowed us to make it work. So the two, I guess, the two key points were, okay, well, what time can we get into a pool? And then obviously what at the other end of the day, what, what time's the latest flight that we can get out, hopefully with as, with as few connecting flights to make the next city. So like Darwin as an example, I'll be in the water at 4.30 a.m. Um, to get a 5.30 p.m. flight out. And then Perth's much the same. That Perth's a little bit of a tight day. Uh, 
can't get in the water until 5 a.m., but then I've got to get, get a 5 p.m. flight out. So, you know, so we kind of have that window of, okay, well, Perth's a 5 a.m. kick to start, um, but I have to be finished by 4 p.m. Um, and we have, a, you know, we have a little backup plan. So we have our courses designed, but there's a couple of days where um, I'm, I may, like if Perth doesn't go so well and I'm having a bad day and same with Sydney, I'm having a bad day nutritionally or just fatigue, um, I will basically run to the airport and finish mm. finish right outside the airport if need be. Um, Virgin Australia, uh, their lounges have showers in there, so <laughs> I guess Cross will have time at least for a shower, but I, I don't see that getting that dramatic. Uh, I'm pretty pretty confident in, in where my fitness is at and, you know, Ultraman, you know, the other year there was a good reminder that, that I can still go around even though I'm, you know, 44 and... Um, yeah, so yeah, the logistic challenge has been—it's been good fun trying to work it out and and make sure we can get it done. Um, Canberra's a really sorry, I know I'm jumping around, but Cam, Canberra's a really really long day, so we actually couldn't fly out of Hobart uh, at night time because we don't finish till 10 p.m. at Hobart at night that night, and then the next morning catch a 6 a.m. flight, land in Canberra at like 10 a.m., which kind of has us finishing Canberra at like 10 p.m. or 9.30 p.m. and then we have to drive three hours to Sydney. Um, so yes, it's some, some really long days. Um, fingers crossed I'll be able to sleep on the plane or sleep in the car as an example of Canberra. So, so um, yeah. So what about support and things like that in terms of, um, you know, how many people are you going to have as is, is the entourage helping you out? Uh, first and foremost, it's my wife. She certainly will be at every... At all of them, she's coming around with me. So um, I'm lucky that, uh, as I say, I've had great support in, in pretty much most states. A couple of people have really stepped up to be the person on the ground in those states. Uh, Michael Turner in Darwin, my mate Shane, who did, um, he was on my crew for Ultraman, so he's over in Perth, so he's helped. Um, one of my athletes, Amanda, she's flying over to Adelaide to help us over there, and, and then I've got family in Hobart. Um, Canberra, I've got just two friends. Sorry, they're not just two friends. Um, one in particular is, is Kate Patterson. She's pretty much been the project manager for this this whole thing. She's been helping me organise it. So you know, she's going to fly up from Melbourne to Canberra. So there's definitely going to be at least two to three people in, the, in each spot. Um, the state, so state associations have actually, of tri, uh, tri-state associations have been really good uh, so far as well, a lot of them are getting involved and are going to provide support and, and advertise the event as well prior. Um, we're looking at doing things like having a technical official on site just to make sure, it, you know, it's it's fully done properly that I swim the you know, 76 laps of the 50-metre pool and, you know, whether they'll, I'm not sure whether they'll drive the 180 with me, but um, maybe they'll ride on a mountain bike for 42Ks. I'm certainly going to get it done. Um mm. But they've been they've been really supportive as well, which has been really nice. And that was a lot of that. It was at the instigation of Grant Cosgrove, who's the CEO of Triathlon Victoria. So their proactivity has um been excellent. Yeah. In regards to kind of defining the courses, you know, I remember speaking to I'm Cowboy about it, and he was saying in some ways he kind of worked against himself and made some of the courses harder than he probably didn't need to. You know, make those courses so hard. So when you when you pick your courses. 
how did you go about doing that? And what were some of the key factors you were looking at and making them work? Because obviously, if you've got to run towards an airport, you've got to be close to an airport, but that may not necessarily make it the easiest course at times. Yeah, so it, it, like for me, I definitely wanted to keep the rides, you know, relatively as flat as possible. Mm. Uh, and that hasn't been too hard to find. Hobart's a little bit lumpy. Canberra's going to be a little bit lumpy, but... Um, I do love my hills, so that's not too much of a big deal. It's just obviously the hillier it is, the, the potentially slower it is. Mm. Um, but that's, you know, as I say, those two days aren't flight critical. So, you know, if on one of the days I take 11 hours and the next day I take 12 hours, it's not too big a, um, an issue, um, a little bit of less recovery, obviously, from that one. Um so, and in terms of the airports, most of the airports in Australia are really close to the, the city centre, so it wasn't too hard for us to finish quite close to those if we, if we needed to. Um, Perth's a really good example of that. It's maybe only 10 to 15 k's out, but we have kind of two, that, as I say, Perth being so tight, I, I have two options of where I'll finish there. So, look, it's been really fun designing that. It, it's um, And certainly, I don't know, I'm aware that there's every chance the day I rock up in one of the states, whether it's roadworks or it might be weather, you know, that, that if there's going to be a storm or, or whatever it is, I'm certainly not afraid to change a course. Um, um, yeah, and, and as I say, so we, all the pool, all the swims are in pools. So we just had to find a pool that was kind of close enough to what we thought, close enough to the bike course that people would come and have a swim and be involved in. Um, you know, so close to the city, but also close to the bike course. Um, and then same with the run. We, we designed it that the course courses would be multi-loop courses. So, you know, there's not a day where I run 42Ks from point to point. They're generally 5K loop courses or 4K out and back courses. So, you know, I really want people to get involved. I, I, my goal is to, to raise up, uh, at least 80 grand for the John McLean Foundation and uh, by doing, you know, one way we saw of doing that was engaging people to come and do the event with me. So, you know, we're just about to release a registration page where we're going to get people to say, right, I want to come and swim, bike, run with Craig or, or just run or just swim, whatever. Um, and we're just going to ask them to donate at that point if they could and, and then come and swim a few laps. So, um, so yeah, we, that, that's it. We, we wanted to get people involved and, um, and hopefully that's what happens, guys. Yeah. So, and how are you going to pace yourself in this? Because um, you know, sometimes at these sort of decker type events, and um, and I can't remember how how slow or quick um, Iron Cowboy was going in some of his days. Well, but, he started too fast. Remember, he went too yeah. fast and then got really slow. But and then uh, kind of evened out. You, you know, you're talking about you know twelve hour turnarounds on some of those days potentially. So, what's your sort of pacing strategy, and um, how fast do you actually anticipate doing um, your days? I think the reality is it'll be different to what I have planned. I, you know, I've, I've very easily, I think it'll be, um, I'm a swim biker. Um, so I see it as a, as a one hour swim plus transition and a six hour ride. I, I don't see those numbers as too hard. And then just to, you know, make it sound easy, it's like one, six and four. So a four hour marathon. I, I I'm sure that'll blow out. Mm. Um, but I'd love to think not. I'd, I'd love to, you know, physically as an extra goal, try and hold that pace. Um, I have to be really careful 
So I, even though I've done Ultraman, you know, Ultraman's a, a double Ironman over three days. But the big difference there is your racing. So, um, and, and this is not a race. From, um, this is just a, it's a completion thing. So um, in terms of pacing, yeah, I'm not going to get, there's no need for me to go any quicker than, you know, one, six and four. You know, it'd be wonderful to say I did a 10 hour Ironman in there somewhere, but that's just obviously going to set me up fatigue in the next couple of days and I certainly listened you know when you had the Iron Cowboy on it's funny he spoke about that after number he said I'm sure he said around number eight once he it's like his body got used to it then he just he just kept rolling them just you know day after day and his body really had adapted to that load um so that's kind of comforting to know that I'll be doing the same thing and just as I finish um yeah, so you know that that's the plan. Uh, one hour swim. I'm pretty confident. I've already done some testing where you know, I've had a big, big day, big couple of days training, and then um, gotten up really early and gone to the pool with my wetsuit and just just swum and just and, you know do three point eight and just see what my numbers were. You know, with fatigue. Um, you know, and I was quite easily able to do a fifty five swim. So, so I don't see that one changing too much um yeah that, that's it the 30 k's an hour on the bike and the run uh, who knows you know I, I i have in the past run a three hour 15 you know marathon off off the bike that was a long time ago that was back when early 2000s when i raced i guess properly um so i'm hopeful of a hopeful of a four, four you know around the four hour mark Nice. Now, um, you just mentioned something there um, about wearing a wetsuit and the, the swims. So is that going to be the go? And also, do you have any provisions for if the shit really hits a fan and you can't bike on the road, say there's some gigantic storm coming through or you can't run? And we all, I think everybody who listens remembers when Iron Cowboy did the elliptical um, day, which would have been incredibly tough but uh, it's not necessarily running. So do you have any um, gear contingencies or anything like that? I'll be doing my best to avoid elliptigate <laughs> scandal. Um, look, the backup is um, a, a computrainer. Um, to, to us, that's the only way we can think of that, you know, if a cyclone do, does come through Darwin, which is a very small chance, but, you know, it is a chance that, um, certainly, I wouldn't want to put anyone else's life at, at risk. So the only way we see it to do it is on a computrainer where you know you can crank that 180 and then then run on a treadmill, um, neutral gradient or two percent gradient. That's our backup. Um, yeah, fingers crossed the weather's okay. I don't mind. I'm not too worried about whether it's too hot or too cold or a bit of wind or anything. Um, certainly hope we don't have to um stay indoors for one of them though how do you go about training for this is it, is it very similar to what you did for like an ultra um have you shifted what what's shifted about your training or is it actually pretty traditional as you've nailed it mate it's very traditional bevan I, the truth is i'm, I'm so there's a couple uh, to me the, the way to answer this is one my body doesn't really cope with the training load like it used to when i did iron man you know i remember iron man preps they, they were they're always pretty stock standard. Over 12 to 13 weeks prior, I do I average pretty much close to 20 hours a week. Mm. Um, you know, last year, or sorry, the year before when I did Ultraman, um, I don't 
I didn't really work exactly to a plan. I knew I had to hit key sessions, and um, I know the week before Ultraman, I downloaded my Garmin because I don't really record stuff too much, and I was certainly surprised. In my head, I would have thought I'd done 20 hours a week, but the Garmin told me otherwise, and it was only like 13 and a half hours. had been my average for the final eight weeks going in. So, But then, you know, I still had a really good race, um, and this is going to end up being exactly the same. I... I probably only swear at this point. So um, right now I'm, I'm just under four weeks out. Um, I can tell you straight out what I do. I, I get two good rides in a week, um, usually one longer one, so uh, 150, 180, um, and then one shorter, much harder ride. Um, I'm probably only swimming twice to three times a week. I'm doing about 3K in most of those. Um, and But running, my running's definitely the most consistent. I, I would say I probably run six days a week. Um, I still haven't done a run over two hours yet, but I've, I've run pretty much most of those runs anywhere from 45 minutes to 60 minutes. Um, I, I'm, I'm really not too, I'm not too worried physically. Um, I, I just, my motivation is incredibly high and, um, I know a lot of this challenge is, is going to be mental and obviously just pushing. So don't get me wrong, I will be fit and, and I've got a couple of big weeks now, especially now that the kids are back at school. So, you know, my kind of, my life is I'm a full-time coach, um, but I also look after our kids. So I do the, the school drop-offs and pickups and that sort of thing. So the kids went back to school uh, nearly two weeks ago now. So life has certainly settled down a little bit and I've certainly been able to get more training in. Um, but I certainly don't train 40 hours a week like I think some people think I do. Yeah, I'm hearing you on the kid front. It's all good. Um, uh, what 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 um what's what's scaring you about this challenge? You know, often you know people look for the next big thing. You know, sometimes people come on epic camps because they want to see what the hell you know what they can do for 12 days, or you know they want to tackle Kona, or they go to um, Ultraman for the next big thing. And and there's always that little bit of scare factor in there. So is there anything that really has got you crapping yourself about um, about this challenge, or whether it might be the added pressure of having to to do it in front of, in, in, in a fairly public space? What's what's your what's scaring you? Um. The only thing that scares me is not not being able to do it. And I know I tend not to think about it. I, I really think I'll get this done. I, you know, I don't ever want to come across as arrogant or, but I, I really just back myself. Um, when I've always loved, I've always loved massive days training. I've always, I don't know, kind of thrived on those. Um, it's, going to the Hurt Locker or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the physical challenge. Um, every training session, I can feel that I'm headed in the right direction and, and mentally, just um, I know once I start thinking about my kids um, and, you know, I, I, I'll be okay. I, I, I really will be. I will, I will push and, and I will not stop. Um, I only have to think of my kids and I'll, I will just go all day. So, that, that, you know, if we get a, certainly I'll be gutted, devastated, you know, if we get a flight cancelled. Um, and, you know, we have a backup plan for that type of stuff uh, in terms of, okay, what do we do? So, you know, if we have to do two Ironmans in Perth over two days, well, that still allows me to get eight done, you know. Um, I'm, I cannot control the airlines. Um, I can hope that they... 
obviously stick to their their numbers and um but I, I think you know in terms of the public I think they'll understand if you know a flight's simply cancelled and I can't get to the next city um but we'll still try and get it done you know we've still got okay well can we drive between here and here and there are you know those things in place that if we have to drive whatever 12 hours through the night to get it done um to me that would make for a better story as well it'd be quite cool and I don't know. It's, you go back, you know, we go back to the Iron Cowboy. I mean, that's what he did. So it's been done before. So I think certainly I'd like to think that I could do the same thing as well. So I don't know, John. It doesn't, um, it's not too much that scares me. Um, just, just keep going. If you get to eight and you, have, you don't feel like you've uh, satisfied your need for punishment, just just carry on and pop over. See if you could see if you could do. Uh, what would you do in New Zealand? We don't really have states, we have provinces. So you could do um, Stewart Island would be hard. Stewart Island, yeah, yeah. And then you go over the Chathams as well. Um, so the thing that often baffled Bevan and myself, I think, when you're watching Iron Cowboy is, um, yeah, he had a family as well. He had bloody about a million kids. Um, yeah, but. How the hell do you afford to do this when you know you, you know you're fundraising? It's not a for-profit venture that you're doing. How do you how do you make it happen? Um, yeah, good. Look, geez, credit. I, and so we've chosen certainly not to bring our kids. I mean, I love my kids dearly, but uh, having an eight and a six-year-old, they are they're full. My kids are pretty full on. Um, they do have a little bit of energy. Um, so that there was no way we could, especially with Lyndall being you know pretty much. Um, you know, obviously the main supporter of, of me doing this, that we just couldn't bring the kids around. I would love for them to see Australia and do all of that, but them sitting in the car for 10 hours a day or whatever is not much of a holiday for them either. So, we, you know, the first four days they're going to spend um, with, with my sister-in-law. She's coming to Melbourne to help, and then we're actually going to take them to Tassie on, the, on, on our flight from Adelaide to Hobart, which comes via Melbourne. We're going to pick up the kids on the way through. And then we're going to drop them in Tassie to my sister, um, and she's going to bring them back to Melbourne for the final one. So lucky to have you know that support there. Um, sorry, and, and now I've forgotten the rest. I've got uh, it's kind of like okay, I've got a little bit. How do you fund it? Uh, the funding, um, I can tell you, it is one hundred percent Lyndall and I. Um, at this point, we don't have any sponsors. Although I've had um, a couple of my athletes. Um, actually donate to me personally or donate to the, the cost of the event personally, which has been an amazing gesture. Uh, we had someone donate to us, geez, a massive amount. Um, I woke up one Saturday morning. I was struggling a little bit, not with motivation, but I was tired and um, just happened to check my bank account and there was a $2,000 anonymous donation towards the cost of the event. Nice. Um, so that was, um, yeah, it, it, it makes you... Um, and it makes you think, you know, really that there are some really, really amazing people in the world and the fact that someone did that without putting their name to it is, as I say, is very humbling for me and I certainly went out. At that point, the motivation went sky high and I went out and smashed myself for know, a couple of hours. Um, so, look, you know, we're still ho hopeful that someone will, will help us, you know, cover the, some of the costs or the full cost of the event. Um but Lyndall and I talked about this a lot. <laughs> you know, could we afford it, this and that? And I don't know, we are kind of doing it on a shoestring, um, certainly trying to keep it down. You know, I'm sleeping where we can. We're sleeping at mate's house in, in each of the state and, and and using their car, you know, during the day. So if we can cut the, you know, if we can cut the accommodation and we can cut the 
the car hire costs, uh, that all adds up. Mm. Um, certainly the flights, we didn't have much choice there. So, you know, we just paid for all of that. Um, would love to have had, um, you know, Virgin jump on board or whatever. And sorry, not, um, you know, we are flying Virgin and, and hopefully, I don't know, somehow we can get some support from them by upgrades to business class or, or whatever it is. Um, but I don't know. I just, um, at the end of it, whatever it costs us, um, I know what we're doing is, is going to impact um, some kids' lives in a really, really positive way. And, and as I said at the start, it's not something I've ever done before. So um, Lindsay and I are okay with that. Yeah. So you kick, kick off on uh, Sunday 6th of March, finish up on Sunday the 13th of March in Melbourne. If people want to support what you're doing and uh, or follow you or get involved in any way, what's the best way for them to do that? So I've certainly been using uh, the hashtag 8 in 8 in 8, so that should um, link you to you know most of the social media platforms. So we've got a Facebook page. Um, so on, on my website, which is nolimitsendurance.com.au, um, as I say, we're just about to put up all the registration, uh, a registration page and course notes and, and all of that type of stuff. So the easiest way is to go there um, you know, and, and just go through that process and and hopefully come visit me in one of the cities on, on one of those days and um, outside of that, uh, my wife will be posting stuff um, while I'm going around, obviously. So, um, yeah, a couple of little points, guys, I guess, you know, one of the, you know, we talk about, you know, definitely I will have flat spots at some point during the, the course of this, but, um, you know, one really cool thing that Lyndall is going to do for me is she's going to hand me bits of paper that, you know, of, of words of encouragement from people that have donated or, or whatever. We see that as a really cool way because I've always, and I've always raced well when I knew I had good support behind me or, and that's, you know, the power of social media. You know, I got to see that with Ultraman, the two Ultramans I did was, it's quite amazing, you know, when you stick up a post or whatever it is and then you, you know, um, it gets a, a few likes and a few comments and I, I, for me, that that stuff really works. So, I, I like the thought that you know people are are following and and you know if that helps us get to that 80k, um, I don't know. That's that's what it's about. Yeah. Nice. Oh well, no, we look forward to seeing how you progress through this. Uh, you've got a month or so left to go of your training. So, guys, if you want to check it out, it's nolimitsendurance.com.au. Get in behind Craig and. Uh, as we said, um, I'd like to see a sub-10 hour Ironman on day 10, <laughs> uh, no, day, day 8, sorry, and then if you do want to do, do a day 9 and 10, then uh, sub nine. feel free to <laughs> pop over to NZ. And how about that cricket? Did you enjoy that cricket last night? <laughs> sorry, you're breaking up. So originally, the, the plan was originally to finish with Ironman Melbourne. Um, oh, of course. Uh, and my goal... Um, and whether it would have happened or not physically, my goal was was to really have a crack at Ironman Mel- Melbourne. Was to really you know try and save myself, I guess you know with the final couple of Ironmans, and then give it a real nudge at Melbourne. Um, it won't end up like that now. And and Melbourne, I'm um, being a Melbourne boy, and um, I, you know Melbourne hopefully should be a massive event, and and we've got a little organising committee for Melbourne, so we're kind of hopeful that you know maybe there'll be a hundred people or. Uh, some of my mates have joked that you know I'm going to look like Forrest Gump when I'm yeah. running around Melbourne. But um, hopefully, you know, we finish in Melbourne with 11 laps of the tan. I'm not sure if you know Melbourne's iconic tan track, but it's it's like a 3.8k loop 
right close to the city around the botanical gardens. Yeah. So fingers crossed we can um, have a really big turnout there. Um, and no, I, I don't think it'll be a sub-10. I think the legs will well and truly be shut down by then. Nice. Awesome. Well, all the best with it, and uh, we'll look forward to getting some updates from the from the from from when you're out there. Yeah, guys, look, um, once again, I, I really appreciate your support. And, and um, yeah, you guys are definitely the most consistent voices in my head when I am training because I... <laughs> Do listen to your podcast all the time. So thank you for the years of entertainment. Congratulations on the 500 shows as well. Fantastic. Massive congrats. Awesome. Good luck. Thanks, Craig. Have fun. Thank you. We've, we've done the interview after we've done this bit, so we don't actually know about it. I'm sure it's a great interview, John. My first try. Oh, my first try. Okay, big shim. It was 2000 and, no, 1997. Uh, what was called the Miss T Chicago, Chicago Triathlon. Despite being my first try, it was an Olympic category. The weather was everything you could ever want for, and my wave was Group 15. I was too excited to sleep the night before, and all the coffee I drank before the race was keeping in my bladder extremely active. I trained as a purist and only wore my favourite Speedo in the swim. Back then, wetsuits were too heavy. 97, you remember wetsuits back in 97? You need to go to a better shop. There was a few okay wetsuits yeah, around there. Yeah. What was, what was the big brand in 97? Was it, was it the Ironman brand? It probably was. Um, I don't know if Orca, Orca would have, no, Orca was bigger then, um, 97, Orca was out, and they had the Orca, the, the performance wetsuits, uh, by 97 there was, there was a reasonable amount. Okay, I hoped to, I hopped into the frigid waters of Lake Michigan and had a great swim. The bike was smooth sailing and the rays of sun warmed my cold body. I was never much of a runner, but I did note that my bike was one of the only ones in the coral at T2. I started out on a run and at mile four I noticed that people from later waves were passing me. I had nothing in the tank except some Gatorade and filled bars. When the first wave of cramps hit me I walked mile five and had mentally decided that I was going to gut it out for the last mile so I began to slowly run. One of the best parts of Mrs. T's was that the spectators lined the sides of the course so being energised by them I picked up the pace. I can see, still see the today that said the finish line was 100 feet away. I made the last turn and ran 100% for the finish line. I crossed what I thought was supposed to be the tape. In my mind, I was thinking how cool it is that they hold out the finishes tape for every competitor. <laughs> As I raise my hands triumphantly, I hear one of the tape holders inform me that the tape was for their friend who had passed on... Right, I just passed. I just passed on a burst of speed. I apologise Uh I apologise, had a good laugh, and then got to what I thought was the real finish line. My body was empty, and I was in need of food. Dazed, I looked at the volunteer who informed me that I was two blocks short, oh no, of the end, and I was still uphill. I walked the bottom of the hill, it was actually a drawbridge, and tried to run up it. My finished picture looked like I was sunburned monkey with puke and finishes tape all over my t-shirt. I'm happy to report that I have done that race for 18 years in a row and still do, but I've moved to another state. That would be really hard. Finishing twice before the finish line, two blocks away. <laughs> Doing it if you did do a big sprint and you finish and then you had to get going again. Yeah. God, that mentally it's obviously hard, but physically, if your legs would just be roasted. Especially if you gave it all. Because you know what it's like when you sometimes cross the finish line, you just completely collapse and you go, how can I be running? When now my legs are just won't, won't even hold my weight up. Yeah, and then you got to carry on. Oh, it's insane. Big shim, nice work. Yep, sharp effort in your first race. Mm. Good work for keeping up for eighteen years. Mm. 
That's impressive. So that was, again, earlier in the show, you would have heard us talking about McKaylee Jones and what a legend she was. That's the type of race, you know, those ones in America that she just went and uh, What race have you done the dominate. most in your life? Oh, I haven't done many lots of times. No, there's nothing. What about Christchurch Triathlon? We don't really have a, a no, traditional one here anymore. What have you been to the one they used to have over the hill? No. It's gone. No. The one I got on the motorbike for one year. At Corsi Bay? Yeah. No. No, no longer. No, there's no traditional one. It's the House Travel Triathlon Festival now. The Sea to Sky Triathlon coming up on April 3rd. That is going to be iconic. I'm bringing back the trophies. You know how you go to races these days, everybody wants a bloody prize. They want, you know, they want a pair of sunglasses, they want a pair of running shoes, vouchers or whatever. Not going to have any of that. I'm going to buy a whole bunch of trophies and your name's going to get engraved on that trophy. And Well, only if you go well. And then you have to then you have to give it back the next year. Oh, it's like school. School school day trophies. Get it for a year. And then you give it back. That's people, right. People don't really. Ca- I mean, people care about medals and stuff, but you get a lot of medal. You get a lot of medals and finishes stuff. This one, you get to put that trophy out for a year. And the other cool thing I'm going to do is, I better. I hope I have to do this now if I commit to it. Yep, you've said it. Bike jerseys for the winners of each category. Just what, so, what kind so, of bike jersey? So it'll be a, it'll be a race branded bike jersey, but only the winners will be getting it. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like your little yellow jersey. Nice. SeeTheSkyChallenge.com. Okay, uh, team sponsor. Athlinks.com. If you go to blog.athlinks.com, then you can check out their stuff. And they've got lots of guest uh, contributors to this. So it's kind of what I like about this. A lot of, um, you know, Triathlon Magazine and things like that, they have all these articles and they're always trying to sell you crap all over the place. But this one's got a whole bunch of guest uh, guest people just writing stories and things like how, how volunteering at Ironman Finish Line made me a better athlete. Beer battered. This looks like great. Beer battered baked buffalo cauliflower. That sounds quality to me. It does sound quality. Uh, how to pick the best fall marathon? The tech of try. Be ready for winter. Got a really good piece on uh, Are you sweating too much? By guest blogger Albert Lou. Mm. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, so check it out. Um, yeah, but, yeah. And also, what you can do is you can sign up for the newsletter, mm-hmm. and because uh, I'm I've signed up for it, and they'll just send you through. And what's really cool about the newsletter? is I'll send you a release, and it's not too often, because don't you hate it when you send up for mm. news and you get something every day, but they'll kind of show you seven articles in in the email. Yeah. So you could kind of go, oh, okay, that one I'm interested in. You know, yeah. like it's, yeah, so it's done really well without so, being too much. Yeah. And as you heard earlier in the show, you know, people like um, our age group of the week, Jennifer Harrison, keeps all your results in one place. So, you know, when you have that long career, oh, Big Shim, Big Shim, I bet, I I'm not actually sure if he's on there or not, but, you know, when you do those races since 1997, keep your record up there. Um, some of them stick around, some like the Course You Bay one, it disappears. And if it well, disappears, I, I did a 10K time trial the other day, John. Yes. Wow, not time trial. I did, a, well, I went for a run, I thought I'm going to do a quality 10K. So I did 5Ks and then I tried to do a negative split. And I came in on 36.40, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I checked out the athletes to see how I was going compared to the year. <laughs> <laughs> so the athletes is great. Exactly. And I'm still a minute off you, at yeah. least. So. Racing's racing, training's training. But I, I, yeah, I think I could probably get down to 36 in a race. Mm-hmm. 40 seconds. Oh, oh easy. no, no, easy. Oh, you would? Easy, okay. easy. Great. Well, yeah. There you go. So I'm only... 30 seconds off, yeah. So check it out, athlinks.com. <laughs> that's where athlinks rocks, guys. You've got to go and do it on the legit Governor's Bay course as well. That's where I did my last one. Yeah, I was looking at your athlinks. This is the thing, athlinks is really good because I did look at you. Because <laughs> if you look at your um, 10K series, you're, you're uh, a minute yeah, slower. Both of those were woeful, yeah. yeah. Whereas you're, you're like, 
yeah, I was impressed because mm. that, that's a pretty good time. But is it a does the undulation kind of even like is it actually a pretty fair it's net downhill? That's what, oh, that's okay. what helps you. <laughs> okay, because you're you're, you're thirty four fifty six. Yeah, I don't think I could do a sub thirty five because mm. in my last few k's I was sitting on three thirties, and I was you know I was working. Mm. I don't think I could hold that for ten k. I did have a good run there. Yeah, that's a good run. Whereas previously, you you your your downs you you know, forty seconds slower than that. So. One thing they, uh, I wonder if they can do this on athletes. This will be the, something in the future. Is so that that that, that one that you mentioned there, the Horsell Downs one, it was not ten k. <laughs> I had the Garmin going. So short. It was long. Oh, long. I was like, come on, how can you get this wrong? Um, and so again, that was it was like how much, a how much longer was it? Because sometimes Garmin's aren't you know. No, like, no. This you was get 10 this, Garmin's next to each other, and they're all. This was like a minute to a minute and a half. Oh, long. okay, it sucks. Yeah, and you just going, how can you get this wrong? What's your ten k pb? I think says yeah, it's not on there. It'd be uh, around. Wow, you've done a fourteen twenty nine five k. See, that's the thing. And wow, that's... that was accurate, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. It was technically it was a five k running race, but it wasn't really five k. Okay. Um, I've done. I did a ten k in Hong Kong, and I think I didn't quite. I should have gone under thirty three minutes. I think I did like thirty three oh one or something like that's that. Pretty good. Pretty sharp. And the Ashburn Triathlon over 32. Yeah. <laughs> and that was definitely accurate. Um, so athletes.com, guys, check it out. Okay, questions yeah, and answers. answers. There are none. There are none. Okay. But we've got some patrons. Okay, talk about the patrons, John. Eddie Magneto Feral. We've got old Jeremy the Arrow. How's that one? Ramiri? Ramiri, okay. I think. Andrew, you can keep your hat on, Sega. Oh, because we would have gone with um, Joe Cocker, Sega. Oh, you can leave your hat yeah. on. I'm not quite sure how we got that one. Um, Matthew, smash the pick, Comrade Jones. Yes. And we've got an email through from How Now Brown Cow. And he's got, just listen to the latest show and had to laugh at the explanation of my dreadful nickname, Now Brown Cow. <laughs> this is because my name isn't How. how it's Hugh, Hugh. Like Hugh. Like Hugh Grant. But... Damn Welsh spelling. So it's H U W. Oh, there you go. Anyway, I did like the shortening of my name to Brown Cow. Gosh. So I'll take that. So it's Hugh Brown Cow. Hugh Brown Cow Dolphin. Hugh Brown Cow Dolphin. Quality. So if you want to be in uh, with our patrons and get yourself a chance to come to Kona, as well as obviously supporting the show, uh, we like to think we do as good a job as any sort of uh, magazine or anything like that in terms of keeping you guys entertained. Oh. Better than, a magazine. Be, better than a magazine and for five or ten or twenty bucks a month <laughs> you can support us and plus you're in the draw to join us in kona now one thing we, our show notes have relics from the past john yes because you often have titles of stuff we've never done in 100 years remember the im finishes we can resurrect that there is still a big database of people to go through should we do that not right now no but should we bring that back i like that okay so remember we did the Alani animal and Pliny crusher or predator and so if if you were a sub nine hour um, guy or a ten hour girl a you're a Kona, Kona killer, killer. Uh, if you're a sub ten for guys sub eleven for girls you're a elite animal and then if you were a th- down the other end if you're a thirteen hour plus for a guy or fourteen plus you're a Kailua cruiser also I, I wonder if I can get these I was going to get these swim caps done at some stage I thought you did. 
And I got some caps done. So if you're a patron and you come in at the ten dollar level, you get a collector's edition. Collector's a limited edition. <laughs> collector's edition. Never use it, team. Leave it in the package because twenty years from now, a black, like Star Wars a black I am talk cap and they're high quality, good some caps. Nothing worse than getting a shitty some cap. And then if you come in at the twenty dollar level, you get a some cap plus you get a merino icebreaker beanie plus some cap. Oh, nice. If you come in. Above that, you get lots of stuff. Jumbo sponsors are Athlinks.com, social networking for endurance athletes, and Extreme Endurance. Lactic Buffer and our patrons, you guys are absolute rock stars. Jumbo, what's your goss? My goss. I'm looking forward to going on my bike today. Got a new group set on my bike, all new gear. So I've got gone for compact cranks to get me ready for France. So I'm going to have. Why do that? Because and you need gears for France. I've I found that made this mistake many times, thinking I'll just add a little, you know, extra um, gear on my bike on the on the cassette at the Doesn't back. Work, John. And you need some good gear. So I've gone compact cranks. Are you pretty much climbing every day? Yeah, big time. How many, how many days is the camp? Eight. Twelve. Oh, yeah, so wow, it's, it's a full Monty. It's a full Monty. Yeah, it's a full, full Monty. So I've got compact cranks, um, 50, 34 on the front, and I'm going 11, 28 on the back. So I'll be spinning up those climbs like a little mountain biker and all those boys that don't listen to my advice and they're sitting there crunching their gears and they explode three quarters of the way out the climb. I will just wave goodbye to you. The only problem is it's a lot slower, isn't it? They're spinning. It is a lot slower. You've got, yeah. to, you've, got to, you've got to stay on top of it. So we got that. Uh, went camping. Oh, that's on, right. Camping. How'd you go? It was great. Went Where'd you go? Out to... Ashley Gorge bike pass this is a place we bike past many many times on our classic long ride called the Gorges which is a 150k loop from Christchurch and this is a place is about halfway through that ride and uh, cool campground stayed by the river one night one, one night only why do you make it two nights because I'm taking Belinda it's her first camping experience and, and, and okay so that, does that open the door to more camping experiences it opens the door widely for more camping experiences for me and the kids <laughs> <laughs> yes, the door is firmly wide for that one there. But the great thing about camping, and you know, is you just, I love camping. But no, the best thing is when you got kids, you turn up and you just go, then, "See you later, kids." Yeah. And I go set the cricket set out, and they, all these other kids were coming and joining yeah. in the cricket. And um, so that part of it, well, I enjoyed all of it, but that part was especially great. Didn't have to any, no adult supervision required. No, camping rocks. Mm. So and it was all good. Sharpen up. Mm. Something so precious. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, you can't say that, but I can. She ain't coming camping again. It's <laughs> a pity. I love camping. Yeah. Uh, anything else? No, just watched a lot of that cricket and thoroughly enjoyed it. It was good cricket. Mm. Yeah. Joe had faith. I had very little faith. No, so did I. And I was like, because oh, I was almost going to turn. I was almost going to say, let's watch the news mm. at about the twenty-five over mark, and then we just killed it. Mm. What's happened this week? What's happening this week? We've got to kill some time. I must keep you gossiping. No, we don't have to kill time. We've already been going for an hour. And we've got no, an but then we have the to interview come. at quarter two. Yeah, we've got an interview to come. We've got 20 minutes. We can talk for 20 no, minutes about the gossip. No, no need to come. What's coming this week? We had Waitangi Day yesterday, so it's a day short. So I'm going to be really busy this week catching up and catching <laughs> that, that day up. There you go. Busy week. Busy week. <laughs> this thing is busy. So what are you doing this <laughs> week, Bevan? Just That's uh, it. What? Are you busy? Yeah, it makes you really busy, Josh. Good, yeah. So that's because no, I'm in so London. Co- I'm it's in London. code name. I'm unorganised. You haven't had your weekly meeting, have you? I'm about to have it now, actually. After yeah. this, I normally have it Monday morning, John. 
Right. In my Monday morning meeting, I teach a class, come in my Monday morning meeting. Bevan, present. Yes, I am present, and I have, it's an important part of me functioning well. Okay. So even when I'm busy, I'm not stressed. You see that? Um, what am I up to this week, John Boat? Um, tell you what, we went to sort of pretty kind of full on movie called Room the other day. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, <laughs> good, good movie review. Five oh, stars. man. It's a pretty good film. Yeah. Yeah, very good film. Room. Um, couple of barbecues on the weekend. Right. Two barbecues back to back, John. Oh, yeah. It's late in the season. Yeah. Late it's in the season? It's the start of February. Two in the weekend. Yeah. Good barbies. Yep. It's, it's, and Joe and I's life is so much different to our friends' lives. Because mm-hmm. we go there and kids are there. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing you notice when you go to a kid's house is noise, man. Mm-hmm. So I did this thing where I, I paid the kids $10 each to sit down and be quiet for 30 minutes. Yeah. And they weren't allowed to move. Yeah. So they had to stay still. for, And yeah. that, and it was amazing. Best $10 you ever spent. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of because camping, camping, camp, we got when we were camping. This young kid called Alex, he's about eight. He's a really good kid, and uh, he, I, I, we paid him. I offered him twenty dollars to stand haircut. still for an hour. Oh, the, the, no, 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 no. It's not the mohawk. No, I paid him twenty dollars to stand still for an hour without mm. moving at all, mm. and he did it. And so he ended up getting like eighty bucks because everyone was so impressed. Everyone kind of tip, chipped him with the money, so he did really well out of it. So then I did it with the kids on the weekend, and it worked really well. <laughs> it was amazing how much silent mm. or how much silence happened in that moment so that was good barbecue second barbecue my mate's just bought a house oh he's got beautiful he's got a pretty flash house yeah <laughs> man it's, it's like it's a pretty flash house he's in, in, in um, you know where old stone houses yes back of there beautiful right. people are loving this people love and, uh, and they love it John yeah what was the best part of the show a few weeks ago the cost at the end but man he went all out in the meat as well yeah I think my mate's earning some money yeah because he had like 10 bits of steak for four people. Right. Yeah, you know, big bits of steak. You're loving it. I'm loving it, John. And that's about it, really. This cool. week. Short week. Mm hmm. Love a short week. I hate short weeks. Why is that, John? Because I'm too busy. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like Friday comes, because Friday's my day off. Mm hmm. Friday comes around real soon. Going to London soon. I've got a few minutes for people who want to come and join my run in London. If you organise a time and place, I see people posting on Facebook, where's it going to be? Well, I don't know London. Mm-hmm. Someone needs to take the initiative. What I don't want, because here's my plan. Okay. You're going to say London's a big place. You're going to say, I'm staying here. Well, I don't know where I'm staying yet. Oh, well, don't, don't advertise something you can't deliver on. London's a big place. You go, I'm going to go running this park. It I, might take you an hour to get there, hour and a half to get there. On the subway? Yeah. This, this, Is London that big? Well, not an hour and a half on the subway, but. It's got to be close it's to a subway. It's, it's got to be close to. It's it's got to be close to the underground uh, station. Otherwise, how are you going to get there? Because here's what I'm doing, John. I'm arriving on Tuesday, mm. late Tuesday. I get Wednesday off work, mm-hmm. which is good. Then uh, Thursday, I've got to do a four days work. Friday, practice day, and then Saturday's the big day. Big day. Teaching mm-hmm. four thousand people. I think I'm going to teach. Mm-hmm. Well, four thousand people at the event. So it's going to be pretty cool. But I'm not going home Saturday night. Because I want to go out and see comedy and entertainment in London. Right. I did it when I was in LA, loved it. So I'm going to do it in London. So I'm doing it all nighter Saturday night. I'm right. going to be pretty tired because I've done three classes that day. Yep. But it doesn't matter. Then I'm going to run with whoever wants to run on Saturday, Sunday, but not Sunday morning. We're thinking lunchtime run team. We're going to do a park run. They're everywhere. Yeah, but they're going to be when I'm ready. I don't want to get up early because I'm going to go party all night. Well, not party, okay. experience culture. Okay. And then. So if anyone can let me know really great comedy clubs and entertainment in London, 
That'd be really good. Yeah. And uh, and then do the run Sunday. We'll go out for have some lunch and coffee. Mm-hmm. The crew. Mm-hmm. And then that'll be good fun. Jombo, did you see in New Zealand change their flights? Oh, they just, uh, this is bullshit. <laughs> Iron rusts. <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> I don't want to turn people off our podcasts for random crap. Yeah, New Zealand change their flights. That's fine. I knew about that months ago. <laughs> you didn't tell me. Yeah, well, you should check your emails. Iron Russ <laughs> Train hard Great smart Kia kaha. Great show <laughs> Great show Here we go